When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. On the Tar Heel Sports Network, from Learfield, this is Holding Court with Courtney Banghart. Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, official health insurance partner of Carolina Athletics. Also brought to you in part by the Carolina Club, your social and business club in Chapel Hill, and your connection to fellow Tar Heels and friends of Carolina. Here's your host, Matt Krause. And we welcome you into this week's edition of Holding Courts with Courtney Banghart, the show where we talk all things Carolina women's basketball alongside the head coach herself. My name is Matt Krause, radio play-by-play voice of Carolina women's basketball. Well, what a week it was for the Tar Heels. Carolina completes the ACC sweep that they set out to achieve every single week in conference play. This week, they get it done. A 78-59 road win against Wake Forest Thursday night. That was a big one for Coach Banghart's career, her 300th career win. And then the Tar Heels backed that up with their most lopsided ACC victory in 15 years. A 47-point win over Miami on Sunday, 85-38 to at Carmichael. It was Carolina's largest win in conference play since a 49-point win back in 2007 against Wake Forest. So a long time since Carolina had won a conference game that convincingly. We bring Coach into the program now, and Coach, what a week it was. You earned your 300th win. You earned the sweep. That was pretty fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it sure was. You know, I thought coming off of rivalry week, 
um, there had, we had a potential for a letdown, you know, um, going to wake for an eight o'clock game um, on a rainy night uh, and then coming back home for a noon tip um, after, of course, a, a big weekend for the rivalry on the men's side. Um, and I just, the kids' purpose and, and pace was excellent all, all week. And we talked about getting sweeps, um, getting back to that in February. And, and so far we're one for one. Yeah, in a spot like that where the potential exists for a letdown, what do you say to the team? How do you make sure that they're ready to go mentally? You own it, right? And I think sometimes people leave things unsaid that are better said, right? And so I tell them, I think this is an opportunity for a letdown. You know, um, obviously it's uh, coming off of rivalry week. So I, I told them that, right? And I told them that uh, Wake had beaten us. We were kind of their Super Bowl, you know, so they had beaten us last year, two of three times. Um, and, you know, in Miami was is really starving. He could try to get into the NCAA tournament. So um, I, I think we're pretty good at speaking truth to one another um, and, you know, asking them to respond accordingly. And then they did a great job. You've been working on emphasizing the starts of games recently, and that really showed this week as you built halftime leads of 25 on Thursday and 40 on Sunday. What have you done in that process of emphasizing the starts of games to make sure that your team is ready to go out there and throw a punch? Yeah, I think when we, you know, as any young team, you'd expect, but when I'm thinking of the few losses that we've had, uh, particularly Georgia Tech on the road and NC State on the road, um, we it's almost as a team we thought we were going to kind of assess them and then and then play hard enough to fight back. Um, and you know I, I just try to instill my guys with the confidence that we are kind of what we are at this point. And um, you know teams have to adjust to us just as much. Um, and you know with that comes confidence, and, and we're just more confident and we're a better team than we were a month ago. Um, the evolution of this group has been fun to watch. I know there's a lot of people that are now tracking on it, and um, you know part of it is, is how we start games. And in those lopsided first halves, the eighth and ninth times this season, by the way, that you've held an opponent under the 20 point mark in the opening half of play, when you're up by 25 at the break or in Sunday's case, 40, and you go into the locker room and you talk to the team at halftime, what do you say in such a lopsided game? You know, I, again, I'm pretty good at speaking in truths. So I was able to talk about the three times we were late on baseline rotation. So I started, started with that. Uh, and then I also just made sure they understand that the, um, the connectedness at which they were playing with on both ends um, and the touches, you know, they were, they were super connected in between possessions as well. Um, you know, that that's where they were and that we had uh, one for one in the first quarter, two for two in the second quarter, and that we were going to come out and um, make it a four quarter game. But, you know, I was pretty honest with them. They had played really well and that sometimes you want halftime and sometimes you don't. And this was a time where maybe we didn't even need it. Um, but we're going to have to endure it. Your team's free throw numbers are on the rise. Three straight games now shooting over 70% at the line, and that includes a 20 for 21, 95% effort in that Miami game. How have your players been working on being able to score with the clock stopped in that important aspect of the game? Yeah, you know, we've, I think we've in practice, we've, we've instituted a fun uh, but also competitive way of of prioritizing our free throw makes. I mean, you don't want to get in their heads on it. You want them. This group has proven to be best when they're, when they're competing with a little bit of fun and, and intermixed. And that's what we're doing and um, shooting them a little bit more in practice and um, they're, they're responding well. And uh, they're important as these games become tighter and tighter. Those are free points. Um, and so, you know, no one can help you make them. You've got to find a way to get it in the net and they're doing that. Back-to-back games, winning the rebound battle. What's pleased you about your team's effort on the glass, especially this week? really great. I mean, getting 50 rebounds is a big deal. Um, and Miami to, to the last year, both games, they literally punched us. We, we were unable to, uh, to hold our ground. Um, and so it speaks to our positioning defensively. These guys are totally locked into the scout, um, and where they need to be, um, and then, and being connected as they move in gaps and in rotations and, and secondary rotations and things like that. 
um, and then they're pursuing it. Um, and I think there were times earlier in the year we were figuring out, are we a blockout team? Are we a pursuit team? And they're really, um, they've grown in that area as well. And their physicality, I give a lot of credit to our sport performance team. These guys spend a lot of time working on their bodies, um, both in terms of their elevation as well as their, um, their lower body. And uh, it's paying off. Let's hit on two individual efforts here. We'll start with Deja Kelly. No secret, she had been in a little bit of a funk, got back to double-figure scoring Thursday night against Wake Forest, went six for six at the free-throw line, kind of continuing on that topic that we talked about earlier. But then Sunday against Miami, she leads your team in scoring with 18 points, and that includes four made threes that all came in about a two-minute span at the very end of the first half. Knowing the work that she's been putting in, how rewarding was seeing that? Uh, the most rewarding for me, because I've I, every time Deja misses, I'm surprised, right? Her shot is so clean. Um was watching her teammates and hearing them on the bench. And then of course, seeing them on the court, just so happy for her, you know, um, her success is, is something that she continually works hard for. And um, to see the the team celebrate her and, and want her so badly to, to sort of see that ball go in the net the way that we have all year, um, you know, it, it, it's gratifying as a coach. And I know it, it probably meant a lot to her as well. Then double doubles, number eight and number nine on the season for Alyssa Usby this week, as Alyssa posts those two straight double doubles, her first double-double since January 6th, actually, in that Wake Forest game. What impressed you about her effort? You know, uh, Liz is just such a warrior. You know, I, I know she's just become such a favorite in Carmichael because of her motor. Um, and she was in a little bit of a slump as well as she was kind of sorting through a kid that versatile, how she can um, utilize her versatility. She's shooting the ball better. Um, she's she's in great shape. Um you know, I just, I can't speak enough about how much that kid means to me and to our program. Um, and, you know, she getting double doubles mean that um, she's getting rewarded for all the work she's put in. We're off and running here on Holding Court with Courtney Banghart. And the presenting sponsor of Holding Court is Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, we resolve to be a champion for women everywhere by supporting women's athletics to empower future leaders. More with the head coach of the Tar Heels after this from Learfield. Back on Holding Court, time to tell you about the Carolina Club. It's your social membership club in Chapel Hill and your connection to fellow Tar Heels and friends of Carolina. The club offers exceptional dining. It's got an unbeatable location for UNC sporting events, a full calendar of social, business, family, and community affairs, and access to the club network of over 200 private clubs. You don't even have to be a UNC alum. Everyone is welcome at the Carolina Club. Please visit carolina-club.com to learn more about your club at Carolina. We hope to be back at the Carolina Club in person the start of next season, but for now, we press on in the 2021-2022 season, a year that continues for the Tar Heels with a couple of games this week as Carolina welcomes in Pitt on Thursday night for a 6 o'clock tip, and then ventures to Virginia Tech for the second meeting of the regular season against the Hokies. That's a 1 o'clock start on Sunday, and Carolina number 23 in the AP poll this week. That's a pretty significant number around Carolina <laughs> basketball, number 23. Yeah. Back with the head coach, Courtney Banghart. My name is Matt Krause. We got a question on Twitter actually last week uh, from Twitter username Chapel Thrill. Chapel Thrill wants to know, can you speak to the impact of our crowd in Carmichael? It seems like our players really feed off the Carmichael faithful during certain stretches. Oh, big time. I mean, it's one of the great traditions in women's basketball, Carolina. And the fact that so many of our students and our community members and, and long time and new fans are all just packing the place and, and they're vocal, right? It's these are not quiet fans. These are passionate and, and, and educated fans that are that are enjoying their team. And, uh, you know, as a coach, I sit back and realize that you earn that in October, you earn that in June, you earn that in November, and you just earn it day by day and to have them rewarded um, I, I'm so beyond grateful, 
Um, it not only makes it more fun, but it validates in a lot of ways the effort they're putting in. So yeah, the home crowd has gone up dramatically since I first got here. And uh, boy, I'm enjoying every single second of it. And you start four sophomores. They last season played a year without fans. Have you seen them comment at all or have to adjust to playing in front of fans, especially after last year? They're loving every second of it. I mean, literally loving every second of it. I think that um, clearly look at the scores that we have at home versus the scores we have on the road. um, And they should feel really good about that. Um, You know, and they're their peers, they're their friends group. And then they're these community members that have really wrapped their arms around them. Um, And, and, you know, as you know, because you're there, you watch our fans are totally engaged with our players to the point where after games, we have to kind of reel our players back in. Um, They're so happy to be in the stands and join their fans. So yeah, there's a lot of young people, a lot of young people that are looking up to them and, um, it's just, it's a, it's a magical atmosphere. You won your 300th game on Thursday and were recognized for it prior to the game against Miami on Sunday. And it was a really cool moment. Athletic director Bubba Cunningham presented you with a commemorative ball, but then your kids got to come out and join you for the photo shoot. How special was that? It was awesome, Matt. You know, it was National Girls and Women's in Sports Day. So I really wanted to bring my daughter, Gray, five-year-old, um, onto the onto the court because not only is are these such great examples for her of what I want her to be um, in terms of just quality people uh, and competitors, but also in leaders. Uh, but also, um, you know, it, it, they have to share me. You know, I'm definitely a working mom. I'm not just a mom. And, uh, you know, and then when my team came and joined them, of course, my sons wanted a piece of that when they heard that the Tar Heels were going to be able to probably be on the court with them. So, you know, the, the working mom thing is real. I'm glad to be an example to our players that, that it can be done, um, but it's real. And so as much as I can um, intermix the two, the better it is for me. And so I'm not always kind of in opposition from one to the other. So uh, Bubba gave a chance, gave me a chance in this uh, at this institution. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy to share the moment with him. And then, of course, uh, my family is uh, where it all starts and stops. So it was a very cool day. One of those players that joined you out on the court was Eva Hodgson, your fellow New Hampshire native. She will join us in our next segment here on Holding Court. What can you tell us about your fellow native of the Granite State? I, well, first off, those people from New Hampshire are awesome, aren't they? They're tough and they're saying they celebrate others. And um, Eva's uh, impact on, in this program cannot possibly be overstated. Um, and you know that. And I'm excited for you to reward her in that way. Um, she's adored by her teammates. It's I was kind of the favorite, I think, for some of our community members. And Eva has totally blown past me. I mean, everybody loves Eva. Um, she's selfless. She's committed. She's um, vocal. She celebrates others. She leads that way. Um, and she's so proud to be here and happy to be here. I, I just we would absolutely not be where we are today without Eva Hodgson trusting me to take this journey um, and the impact she's made in this program. And the, the players absolutely adore her. So um, enjoy her. You guys will. A uh, pretty driven kid, but also fun hearted and um, the best babysitter around as well. <laughs> well, we will go from one New Hampshire native to another. On the flip side of this break, it's holding court from Learfield. Welcome back to Holding Court. Another reminder that the Carolina Club is your social membership club in Chapel Hill and your connection to fellow Tar Heels and friends of Carolina. The club offers exceptional dining. It's got an unbeatable location for UNC sporting events, a full calendar of social, business, family, and community affairs, and access to the club network of over 200 private clubs. You don't even have to be a UNC alum. Everyone is welcome at the Carolina Club. Please visit carolina-club.com to learn more about your club at Carolina. We're joined by someone who's not a UNC alum yet. She is a William & Mary alum, Eva Hodgson, graduate transfer out of Ringe, New Hampshire, redshirt junior who has become the Tar Heels' first option off the bench. And Eva, thanks so much for taking the time and joining us here today. Of course. Thank you for having me. 
So we talked about you coming off the bench, your career, especially William and Mary, you were a go-to player, a starter. How did you have to transition mentally to being that sixth player role that you're so good at now? Yeah, um, I think part of it kind of goes to the conversations I have with my dad specifically. Um, I mean, I want to contribute in any way possible, whether it's starting, coming off the bench. I mean, even if it were to mean I'm just on the bench being a cheerleader. So really my mentality coming in is like, what am I good at? And what can I bring regardless of how much time I get, um, when I come in the game, anything like that. And um, it was a bit of an adjustment at first, but um, I feel like I've really owned it and just being kind of a little bit of a spark and energy that um, can kind of come in and bring some consistency for my teammates when they need it. You were named a team captain here in your first year at Carolina. How did you earn your teammates trust in such a short amount of time? First of all, I was completely surprised to be named captain <laughs> so quickly. Um, but I think it really started in the locker room um, and just starting to kind of create relationships beyond basketball. Um, and I know a lot of these girls in, the, in this locker room, like I'm going to have friendships with them for the rest of my life. Um, and I think that in itself um, goes a really long way. But then even on the court, I mean, I'm relentless. I'm competitive to a fault. Um, and so I think just in the way that I lifted my teammates up, but also would compete against them on a daily basis. Um, I think that kind of just showed that at the end of the day, I want to be better for myself, but also I want to be the best I can for my team. And I want to bring the best out in my teammates. Here's two things that are hard playing division one basketball in the ACC and studying in grad school at the Keenan Flagler School of Business. How in the world do you do both at one time? Carly Littlefield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it is It is challenging and it offers um, <clears throat> a very busy schedule, but having Carly to do it with makes it so much more fun. I mean, we walk to class, like we have daily walks to class every single day um, where we just get to chat and kind of catch up, even though we're with each other all the time. Um, and so she's been huge in kind of getting me through that. But I don't know. I've always kind of overloaded myself with things. I graduated in three years. And so I had to take a lot of courses to do that. Um, and so I'm kind of just used to the regiment regimented schedule like I'm used to you have basketball here you have school here and this is when you have to get your homework done um, and honestly I prefer being in season when we're busier because I find when I have more time I don't know like I, I'm not as good at kind of regimenting my time yeah you said it. you graduated from William and Mary in three years played two seasons for the tribe you were the CAA rookie of the year and then an all CAA selection in your second campaign but then it was off to bigger stages how'd you end up at Carolina yeah. Um, well, Coach Banghart actually recruited me when I was in high school when she was at Princeton. And I remember once I entered the transfer portal in February, she, immediately my AU coach was like, you got to get in the phone with Coach Banghart. She wants to talk to you. Um, and so right off the bat, I remember just talking to her for like an hour. Um, and it was almost like we had known each other and we had that previous relationship, even though it was a brief relationship. And so we talked about anything from basketball to family to school. Like it was such a variety of topics that it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel awkward. And just the way that she kind of advocated for me to get my MBA and to get through that process, it was very unique um, in comparison to some of the other schools that I was being recruited by. And so that was one of the things that stood out to me. And honestly, I asked people who I knew had gone here and I was like, okay, tell me anything that's wrong with Carolina. And all of them were like, there's not like, I literally don't have anything to tell you. Like they've all loved their experiences. And since I've been here, I, I have nothing but great things to say. 
You're the fifth of seven children. Both your parents played college basketball and three of your siblings either played or are currently playing college basketball. How did that environment make you better? Oh, man. I mean, you were kind of raised in it, uh, especially in my, my hometown, which I actually only played high school basketball there for a year. But I remember going to my brother's games as a kid and you'd get your face painted. You like it was an event. Um, and then the championships that they won, even at the D3 level in New Hampshire, like our town bought into it. And so kind of even from then, I was like, wow, this this environment is so much fun to play for and play in. And after that, I kind of just I saw my brothers doing it. So I was like, OK, this is this is something I want to do. And then um, I would say probably like end of middle school, I decided I was like, OK, I'm playing in college, like whatever it takes. Like I'm going to play in college and I'm going to find a way to do it. And my parents bought into that and they supported me and sending me to boarding school and AAU and everything like that. Um, but it's a really fun environment. You can't we can't play as a family because we've tried before and tears, tears happen because it gets way too competitive. And there's just it's it's a whole show. It would be quite entertaining for many to watch, but it, I don't know if it'll happen again. <laughs> That's great. Coach Banghart will sometimes say that she's the first person from New Hampshire that people meet. But now her new line this year is, oh, and now I have another one on my team. So you get to meet, too. So for those of us that don't know a lot about your home, what do we need to know about the state of New Hampshire? Man, the 603, it's just it's beautiful. Um, I mean, you have all four seasons, but almost to a drastic extent like in the winter you're gonna get hit with snow lots of it um not the one inches that we get here or the few inches we get here but like feet of snow um but the mountains I mean I remember so many times that I've hiked those mountains with my family and friends um the number of ice cream stands if you ever go to Ringe or Jaffrey you have to go to Kimball's but now actually station 16 shout out to my sister-in-law who started her own ice cream stand um it's just it's a special place it's a community that I mean, I'm going to go back to probably in years and just reminisce on all the memories that I have. And my family still lives in that area, both my parents, but also a few brothers. And so it's very special to me. And I know that it'll be special to me for a while. The pride of Ringe, New Hampshire, Eva Hodgson with us here on Holding Court. Eva, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Of course. Thank you for having me. That was Eva Hodgson here on Holding Court. And the presenting sponsor of Holding Court with Courtney Banghart is Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, we resolve to be a champion for women everywhere by supporting women's athletics to empower future leaders. One last time out, then the head coach rejoins us after this break to preview Pitts and Virginia Tech. It's after this from Learfield. One more reminder for today that the Carolina Club is your social membership club in Chapel Hill and your connection to fellow Tar Heels and friends of Carolina. The club offers exceptional dining. It's got an unbeatable location for UNC sporting events, a full calendar of social, business, family, and community affairs, and access to the club network of over 200 private clubs. You don't even have to be a UNC alum. Everyone is welcome at the Carolina Club. Please visit carolina-club.com to learn more about your club at Carolina. One last segment here on Holding Courts, looking ahead to the two games this week on the docket for the number 23 Tar Heels. It begins with Thursday night's visit from the Pitt Panthers. Six o'clock tip for that one. We'll be on the air at 530 with the Reed Shooters pregame show. For those in the area interested in coming out to Carmichael, it is 90s night. Free Carolina women's basketball branded fanny packs for the first thousand fans. Coach, did you ever own a fanny pack? Do you still have one? I didn't used to own them. I'm always late to the trends, Matt. So when they were cool, I didn't have one. And when they weren't cool, 
Um, it's a perfect mom bag. And now apparently they're cool again. So um, yeah, when you're, when you're a mom, your cool points go out the window. Cause it's how can I carry all this stuff in a way that still have my hands accessible? So I do own one, but I'm looking forward to getting one that's actually literally cooler because it's going to be Carolina themed. That's right. And if you want to get your hands on one, you can come out and join us on Thursday night. Pitt is the opponents. It's early in the week, but what can you tell us about Lance White's Pitt Panthers? Well, they lead the ACC in offensive rebounding um, and they lead the off- they lead the, the ACC also in block shots. So it's a team that um, is obviously very good in the paint. Um, they've got two pretty dynamic scorers that are going to um, put a lot of pressure on us 1v1. Um, but then that you can't focus too much on that because you're going to give up the glass if you're not in great position. So it's really going to be a battle on the boards um, in every way. And then they also, they just never stop. They're one of the few teams that average more points in the second half than they do in the first. I mean, they just, regardless of the score, they go, go, go. Um, so it's one of the harder working um, blue collar mentality teams in our league. And we'll have to be, um, we'll have to match there and exceed that effort. And then if you get the job done Thursday night, you'll be in position for another sweep if you can beat Virginia Tech on the road on Sunday. You already have one win over the Hokies this year. Pretty convincing 25-point triumph in Carmichael. But you and I both know, Coach, they are a really talented team with some really good pieces. How do you replicate that performance in Castle Coliseum on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it's a very hard place to win. I mean, their home record over the last four years versus their road record um, is noticeable. Um, so we'll have to, first of all, own the responsibility of winning on their home floor, which we were able to do last year. Um, but, you know, there's they, they've got, I think, the best post player in the league in, 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 Liz, in uh, Liz Kitley. And then they also have just really dynamic guard play who can shoot and, and score and then play fast and distribute play. Um, so it's one of the well-pieced teams that I think in our league has. Um, and this will be a pivotal uh, matchup in terms of some placement for the ACC tournament. So expecting just a, a great opener to a Super Bowl Sunday and um, two really good teams that have a lot of respect for one another going at it. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. Who you got, Rams or Bengals? Gosh, I, I'm really happy for Matt Stafford because he was so hated in Detroit as if he was uh, – but Joe Burrow, I mean, you can't – I mean, Cincinnati, they've been they've, – they've lived through it. So I'm not a fan of either team, and therefore I guess I'm a fan of both on Sunday. There you go. There you go. It's the head coach of the Tar Heels, Courtney Banghart, here on Holding Court. Coach, thanks as always for the time. We'll chat with you prior to the game Thursday against Pitt. This sounds great. appreciate all you do, and go Heels. So it's Carolina and Pitt on Thursday night at 6 o'clock. Our broadcast coverage begins with the Reed Shooters pregame show at 5.30. And then on Sunday, the perfect appetizer for the big game, Tar Heels and the Hokies from the New River Valley, 1 o'clock p.m. tip. Our broadcast coverage begins with the Reed Shooters pregame show at 12.30. For the head coach of the Tar Heels, Courtney Banghart, I'm Matt Krause saying thank you so much for listening. This has been Holding Court. You heard it from start to finish on the Tar Heels Sports Network from Learfield. Holding Court with Courtney Banghart has been presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, official health insurance partner of Carolina Athletics. Also brought to you in part by the Carolina Club, your social and business club in Chapel Hill, and your connection to fellow Tar Heels and friends of Carolina. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Tar Heels Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.